Broadcasting from somewhere beneath the New York Public Library, it's Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here. Hello to everybody listening. I am one of your hosts, Brian, here with my handsome, incomparable colleague, Eric. Eric, what is going on, my friend? Holy mackerel! <laughs> Coming in real hot on that one. Excited <laughs> every, for this every one. Time. Very excited. <laughs> This is a crazy. I feel like we we got a big one on this. We, one. This is uh, this is. I'm so nervous about people listening to this one and then thinking that this is a smart show Mm-mm-mm. because don't want to mislead them. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very dumb show that has a very smart person on. Eric, would you mind uh, telling telling uh, everyone listening a little bit about our guest? Sure. So, so Brian Johnson, uh, who is our guest this evening and who we we're honored to have on, a raised the uh, average IQ points in this room by about like three hundred points yes. on his own. But so this guy is a fascinating, fascinating character. He's a he's a translator. He's a re- independent researcher. He's an editor. Um, he does some work in the tabletop RPG space, which is pretty cool. The he reason- wouldn't teach me Magic Missile. He would not teach you magic. He you asked. He you said tried. He, he said he doesn't know. I don't believe him. That's right. So we wanted to uh, have him on this evening. He actually just released a, a, a new project called Necromancy in the Medici Library. Um, and so one thing that Brian specializes in is actually translations of medieval and Renaissance grimoires from their original language. These are literal books of magic from medieval times. Um, that he that he teams up with people and and translates. He knows ancient Greek, ancient Latin, German. He's a, just an accomplished, accomplished, interesting cat. Uh, and he tells us all about it. And he's a he's a super nice guy and yeah. was super patient with two fucking ding dong dum dums. Yeah, just he like, really so how does magic walked work? us through it. <laughs> yeah, there was a point where he was like. Oh, so like he sort of understood that we had no idea what we were talking about. I think normally people who find him are pretty like deep into this stuff in the deep end. We were very much in the shallow end. We have water wings on. We're just flailing around. <laughs> Doing our best. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, nothing to it but to do it. Yeah. Let's roll in. might not know about you or know what you do can you can you give just like a brief background on kind of who you are you're, you're a freelancer you're a translator you do you do all sorts of stuff but what's your what's the overview on, on brian johnson yeah I, I basically just do whatever i can do to make a living but yeah um yeah. oh that yeah as far as uh <laughs> uh as far as probably why i'm on this show um yeah uh starting out as just kind of a, a hobby really um uh, I've I've always been interested in kind of esoteric occult supernatural things, you know. Ever ever since I was a little kid, reading um, the uh, the Greek mythology books from the local public library. Um, but yeah, uh, as I I got kind of more you know seriously into the academic side of it, um, uh, I started coming across you know sources that I wanted to be able to have access to and read for myself that. Uh, I found had never been translated or possibly even uh, uh, made available in a printed edition. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, uh, I also at, around the same time when doing this uh, kind of research, I found that uh, a lot of these had uh, been uh, had been digitized the original manuscripts by uh, whatever library they were currently held by. 
so I, I just kind of started going about uh, transcribing and uh, translating them into English and, uh, you know, start finding some things that I thought were pretty interesting and I thought other people might want access to them too. So I, I found a publisher that was willing to go along with it. <laughs> and that, and that, is that, is that Haiti and press? They, yeah, they were the, uh, the first one that I, that I worked with and I've, uh, worked with several times since then. And, yeah, yeah. uh, they, they do really, really good, uh, production work. Yeah. What are the contents of these documents that you're translating? Uh, well, different things. Um, the, more or less, they they are all um, what you might call a grimoire of of one kind or another. Um, the the very first one I, I worked on was a a version of what's called the Testament of Solomon, uh, which is 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 it kind of uh, it's kind of the meeting point of the later medieval grimoires with some of the earlier Christian apocrypha. Uh, it's it's kind it's kind of a, a story about King Solomon that uh, nobody wanted to include in the Bible. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's about how how he coerced a bunch of uh, of demons into helping build the the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, what? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I maybe would have paid more attention in Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of crucial things they kind of they kind of left out. Leave in the demons next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So that so that's where, I mean, I guess we can we can go down that rabbit hole. But that's the connection to a lot of grimoires, right? Is that are these like Solomonic practices and from this story? I yeah, understand yeah. we're still in we're still in overview mode. I'm yeah. still looking at all the rabbit holes. Like, can we go down this? Eric, yeah. look at this rabbit hole. Let's yeah, there's here. a lot. There's a lot we can talk about for sure. I'll back up off the microphone for yeah. a minute. No, but uh, yeah, um, there, there's a lot of uh, folklore across, um, you know, uh, Jewish, Christian and Islamic uh, folklore, mythology, whatever you want to call it, about how um, uh, a, a big part of uh, the, uh, the the special wisdom that was bestowed upon King Solomon by by God uh, involved his, uh, his, his knowledge of the natural world and also kind of the, uh, the invisible world of spirits and, uh, and the, uh, the divine authority that he was granted over all of that. And a lot of these later grimoires, the, you know, the Testament of Solomon, the, the later, uh, versions of the, uh, called the key of Solomon, uh, are, are basically, um, they're presented as uh, as as records of this uh, this special knowledge that he had uh, that you know uh, later practitioners could make use of. Do do basically, Brian? Do basically all of the grimoires in the Western occult tradition? Do they all come from kind of the, the key of Solomon from these Solomonic practices, or are there different sort of? Oh, uh, there there are certainly different ones. Uh, uh -huh. They they very often do kind of name check Solomon in in one way or another. Yeah. But uh, but uh, no, there are uh, a, a lot of uh, different. Uh, uh, branches in that uh, in that mm -hmm. tree um the uh, a lot of uh material uh can actually probably be traced back to um some of the uh astrological and also um jinn based um mm -hmm. magic that uh was was translated from arabic 
in in Spain in the uh, the 13th century, uh, it, which which doesn't make uh, explicit or direct reference to the uh, the Solomonic tradition. Fascinating. Um... Brian, I don't want to cut. I know you're no. like chomping at the bit. Like with, <laughs> I have so many questions. No, please. Cool. I, Yours will be better. <laughs> well, I was just going to, I was just going to ask. Um, so I know there's also some, some tradition, like, so, so our overview with this, right. Is in our show, we just cover a lot a, a broad range of topics and the strange and the occult and the weird, a personal pet interest of mine that was really cultivated by listening to shows like glitch bottle is, um, just sort of like the historical and the real cultural roots of, of magical practice and, and the Western occult um, tradition. So I do have some, some just like nerdier kind of personal selfish questions that I want to ask you about while we have you here. Uh, I guess one of them is how did the, all of these different strands kind of mix in? Cause I've glossed very briefly over stuff like, you know, the, the Greco Egyptian papyri and things like that. Is there an Egyptian and even like Babylonian influence on these kind of practices? Or are they purely sort of like Islamic Judeo, like Abrahamic? Uh, I think it's, it's fair to say that almost there, there almost certainly is a connection to things like the, uh, the Greek Egyptian papyri. Uh, it's extremely difficult to trace exactly how that comes in, but I'll, I'll, we do, we, we do know that, um, there was a movement to translate, uh, a lot of Greek, uh, language, uh, material into Arabic uh, mm. in the, um, you know, be between say the, the seventh and 10th century approximately. Um, and at the same time, uh, that the, the Arabic, uh, astrological and occult, uh, tradition was at the same time, uh, receiving, uh, input from, from, uh, East Indian, um, astrology uh, occultism um yeah th there are even I, I i don't i i can't speak to the uh his historicity of any um actual influences but i i've even noted um at least parallels in a lot of the uh, esoteric buddhist uh material with uh later uh arabic and then later western uh grimoire practices which i i think is really fascinating yeah, super, um, I, I remember listening to uh, an interview with with Dr. Stephen Skinner actually talk because I think he he does some feng shui work and he may I think he lives in Asia currently and talking about I I hope I'm not messing up this anecdote but how like there are Chinese like local Chinese wizards effectively who still operate today who have like registers of spirits and are basically doing like indigenous grimoire type of type of work but it's like a totally different lineage and, and tradition but very similar to what you see in western european traditions yeah there's a, a lot of that in uh in a modern day uh, uh daoist uh practice yeah, i believe and right. and in in many uh regions of china and elsewhere uh there's a lot of cross fertilization between buddhism and and daoism and and sure. ind indigenous uh local practices Incredible. I, so I feel like we're getting super into the, the scholarship. We tag me in when I can learn how to cast magic missile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Exactly. 
<laughs> well, that I mean, one of the things I think that that really drew us to you too is both Brian and I. Brian, I mean, Brian is an is an amazing uh, DM and introduced me to to D and D and tabletop games. And I know you do work in that in that realm too, so that could be interesting for us to talk about. Um, maybe we should back up for a second, just because you know we're not so well versed in it, and and our audience may not be as well. Like, what is a grim? Like, what are what does a grimoire tell you how to do? What even is a grimoire? Sure. Uh, and again, it, it depends uh, a little bit uh, from one book to another, sure. but um, more or less, it's an instruction manual for doing one kind of magic or another, which could be anything from uh, knowing when and what kind of materials to use to make an astrological talisman, or it could be uh, an elaborate ritual to uh, constrain a demon to do whatever you want them to do. Uh, okay, now we're uh, talking. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> uh, and yeah, do like you uh, have a copy of that one. <laughs> uh, well, yes. I mean, I, I translated <laughs> one. <laughs> what? Um, just can I go down that rabbit hole first? What is that process of translating something like that like? Um, where do you even start with something like that? Sure. Uh, I, I like to focus, uh, as I said, especially on um, materials that have have never been translated before, often uh, don't even have any kind of a, a printed edition. So what I'm typically doing is once I once I've identified and located one of these, uh, I, I get on the library's website and uh, and and go into their uh, digitized manuscript interface and then you know just kind of page by page uh transcribing the original handwriting into my my own notebook so wow. i can read it myself wow. uh and then going back line by line uh and uh you know making reference to uh a, a, dic a dictionary more or less frequently mm. uh to uh translate it into uh, some kind of readable English. Wow. What what kind of languages are we talking about here? Uh well, I've I've done work in uh medieval Greek, uh, La uh also Latin and uh most recently uh some 18th century German. Uh wow. which no. th th those are the th uh, so I've I I've pulled off the hat trick. I've, uh, <laughs> I've managed to to uh, translate a grimoire in all three languages that I'm actually able to read. There you go. There <laughs> That's you go. Crazy. And are you just self-taught in those? Uh, uh, I did. I took I took German in high school. I took a a year of Greek, which uh, the, the Greek that I studied in in college was actually uh, Koine Greek, which is more like first century bc ad rather than medieval right. which right. is it's still close enough that the grammar still makes sense uh, -huh. uh but a lot of the, vo the vocabulary had had changed by then some of the spelling sure uh and uh latin i actually did spend uh, a summer before grad school kind of giving myself a, a crash course in but uh you know a, a lot of this has has deteriorated over time so there there is a lot of of uh kind of brushing up and reteaching teaching myself uh with with every new project <laughs> that makes sense that's crazy that yeah i've never um 
I don't have a question. Do you have a question? Interesting. Well, I'm just the thing that's coming to mind. So I took I did I took Latin and Greek in uh, in high school, and I remember literally nothing. So that is insane to me that you took like a year of it and you're able to go in and translate these like esoteric texts and read. I mean, you're a brilliant guy. That's crazy. Well, like I say, it's the main thing is that the uh, the grammar stuck with me. Sure, so it's sure. like I, c- I can tell what a word is doing in a sentence. I might not know what the word is, but, uh-huh. but like I always say, that's Got what it. the dictionaries are for. Right. That make No, that makes a lot of sense. Very interesting. Um, I always think translation in all mediums is interesting of the amount of... <clears throat> I, I can't think of a, a quite like a, a... Never mind. We'll cut that out. Sure. <laughs> I can't I can't construct the thought. <laughs> I, I got, mean we're I'm really on the dumb waters. dumb train here. <laughs> it is no, it I, is I, sorry, go ahead, Brian. I, I was gonna say, I agree. It, it translation is fascinating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> End cut, of thought. Cut that one for social. We got <laughs> we got it. Um no, we actually I, I was I was perusing some of your work, Brian, and you have a very interesting essay. It actually might be about um I forget which project it's in reference to, but you're talking about the sort of the the tension of translation where it's like you can either preserve just the original language exactly as it is and let the reader sort of immerse themselves in the strangeness and the foreignness of that or try to what you, what you said. And this is a brilliant term like domesticate it and bring it into sort of more modern, familiar parlance. And and I think you, you said in this essay that you prefer the former, that you prefer to leave it just as it is and let the reader encounter it sort of in the original format as much as possible. Is that, uh, is that yeah. Roughly right? Yeah. Yeah, more or less. It's like w- without doing like just, a, you know, a mechanical word by word translation, I just, right. um, but uh, I, do, I do try to, to present the, I guess I try to present the language in a way that would have been meaningful to the original uh, author as well, uh, mm-hmm. while, while still being comprehensible to a modern English speaker. Sure. Like, um, like, yeah. like as far as like like technical terminology and and things like that. That, uh, or or you know, uh, often with the the the, uh, the grimoire work, the uh, also ecclesiastical uh terminology Keep, keeping that as, as as close to the original as possible got it got it yeah it makes i mean it makes a lot of sense are there have you have you stumbled on any just very strange or kind of like alien concepts magical or otherwise while you're i mean i feel like this, you're you're dredging stuff up from a very different world has anything made you do a double take yeah <laughs> uh yeah. i mean yeah i mean i it's like i i've over the years become pretty familiar with this kind of stuff. So it's in and of itself, isn't that weird to me anymore, mm-hmm. but uh, working on some of the, uh, the translation of the, um, the codex from the, the Medici library that the last one that I've uh, published, um, I, I did, I found some weird combinations of material and they're like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like a, a ritual for um, what you want, might call a love spell that uh, combined the more uh, ritualistic uh, Solomonic kind of, uh, of demon conjuration along with um, some of the more uh, simplistic 
kind kinds of um, uh, sympathetic magic that you, you find in in like folk traditions. Um, mm. And then in in other parts, uh, it it, uh, it uh, involves uh, a lot more of uh, the uh, te technical astrological uh, knowledge that you don't typically find in the uh, in the works of of conjuration beyond you know uh, paying attention to what phase the moon is in or something like that. It goes into significantly more detail, which. It kind of struck me as uh, being more familiar with the uh, some of the the Arabic tradition, possibly. I have a big, crazy, complicated thought that I'm going to try to articulate. Probably do a very bad job, and I'm also going to hope it's relevant to what we're talking about. <laughs> um, but it was you mentioned a uh, love spell uh, in that, <clears throat> and those are interesting because we keep seeing those come up. And it seems, it is a thing throughout, it seems, all of human history. Everyone's like, how do I hack this? Um, it's And you see it across what seems to be different, even magical traditions or areas or like regions of magic, right? Mm. And I'm wondering if that relates to translation in any way. Are these different traditions, these different areas, fucking with the same kind of magical elements across these that make any sense yeah i think so uh yeah i mean that that's something I, I can definitely confirm that um you know from from east asia to to the latin speaking west the the ends and means of <laughs> magic are very very similar uh Got i mean it, it I, often it, it might just come down to uh, a difference in like you know, what plants and animals are available is about the only difference. Sure. They're being used in just about the same way. Um, but yeah, um, you know, sex, money, and health <laughs> are yeah. the the perennial uh, purposes that uh, that people uh, went looking for, for magic to, uh, to secure for themselves. Uh, Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, I was I was actually um, I found it kind of amusing when looking up some of this stuff, like how much how much magic is concerned with finding hidden or buried treasure somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> you know, it's not even like a good business idea or what it's just like, find the gold that's in the ground. Already. Eric, that's yeah. what we should be doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, uh, before the modern period, that's that's how people protected their their wealth. I mean, there weren't right. banks, and there <laughs> yeah. was just and the there ground, were, baby. Yeah, yeah, and and you were a lot more likely to have your your village sacked and burned down by a roving band of marauders. So uh, any uh, you know not. Uh, any non any non fungible wealth that you might have, uh, the safest thing to do was bury it under your house and hope that you could come back for it later. Put it yeah, in the and app. and if sense. you didn't, yeah. if you There's... didn't, someone else might conjure a demon and 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 go looking for it. Well, there you go. <laughs> this village does not carry cash coins or jewels. <laughs> That's right. Please do not pillage. That's right. Please just don't dig up everything. Uh, I have a very nice garden bed out back. Do not dig that up. Um, can you, Brian, can you, so, okay. So it seems like a big, a big focus um, in people who are interested in like the, 
the Western esoteric tradition are these grimoires are is like the sort of demon summoning piece of it, which I think we should definitely talk about because that's kind of super fascinating. But are there what is kind of the anatomy of like the Western magical tradition? Like you've got divination, you've got demon evocation. What else are are if if I'm a a 13th century magician, like what other what other practices am I engaged in? What else? What's in my toolkit? Uh, I mean, uh, and do I have a sick beard? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Um, right. Unless you were a monk, then, then you'd be pretty clean shaven. And Eric, you'd them... be kicked out of the monks pretty fast. So fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, con- uh, considering that a lot of the the uh, practitioners at the time were monks, you might you might not be. Oh, um, interesting. All right. Oh, um, no beards for Eric. Whoa. Can't grow one, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, but I mean. Uh, yeah, that, that covers a lot of it. Uh, I mean, uh, forms of divination, uh, the, the whole spirit or, you know, demon spirit angel, uh, they, they, they use different names often probably to try to cover up what they were doing. Mm. Um, that, that covers a lot of it because, uh, you know, once you get a hold of, uh, a, a spirit to, uh, to go send and do your bidding that, that can cover a lot of different, uh, uh, purposes. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, at one, once the, uh, the, uh, the Arabic material started coming in, you do see more, um, uh, 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 a greater awareness of, um, uh, ways of uh, producing astrological talismans, uh, mm-hmm. under the, uh, suitable, uh, celestial conditions. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, uh, that, that, that really does cover uh, a lot of it. Um, I'm not sure if you, uh, if you, if you had, um, uh, uh, if there was more to that question besides just, just what, uh, what they were doing or. No, I feel like that was actually a terrible and sort of broad question. I get my, <laughs> my curiosity for this subject kind of gets my, gets my old uh, cart in front of the horse a little bit. Sometimes <laughs> tell me about the magic is basically <laughs> what, what that kind of was. So magic, yeah, magic, huh? Go. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, that's actually, that's a very, that's a very comprehensive answer. I guess kind of what I'm getting at, right. Is like, I think like a lot of people, I don't know if you had this experience, but a lot of my interest in magic started with just with like exposure to things like video games and D and D and all that stuff. And being like, Oh wait, this was a real thing that like there were, and to, to an extent are literal wizards. What do they actually do? And one of the things that in just like my very cursory scholarship and, and research, it's like, Oh, pretty much. It's like, you're not quote unquote casting a fireball. You're working through these, um, almost like arcane phone books and calling up the guy <laughs> who can do the thing for you. Al's fireballs. Yeah. Give me a call. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Is that, yeah. is that more or less right? Like you're working th- most of the Western magical tradition is working through entities to achieve some kind of end that you couldn't on your own. That's definitely a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there are, there are also, um, things like, uh, what we what what are what's typically classified as uh, sympathetic magic, mm-hmm. where um, per- performing some kind of operation on a um, a uh, an image or other representation of the uh, the target that you want to affect, 
uh, under the assumption that uh, basically like affects like uh, mm -hmm. uh, harming or otherwise um, uh, influencing an, an image of the uh, the person or or thing that you want to uh, influence uh, will affect that thing. Uh, which is uh, another uh, perennial practice that is, you know, found all over the world uh, since, you know, prehistory. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, and I guess, I guess there are, in addition to the rituals for like demon or entity conjuration and, and communication and whatever there, are, I suppose there are rich, there are fairly complex rituals and things for these sort of like effects, like sympathetic magic kind of operations, I guess. Uh, I mean, uh, they, they can be, um, yeah. uh, th those th th that, uh, you find in, uh, actual, uh, grimoire text uh, do, do tend to be more complicated uh possibly only because uh the more complex a uh an operation is the uh the the more difficult it is to transmit just orally or by memory right uh but but at the same time um i think a lot of a a lot of what uh that may not have been uh, recorded but that people were still almost certainly doing was very simple i mean uh as uh, things that we, we we find things as simple uh especially in like um later uh trial records um in, in uh in the 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 early modern witch trials but also uh in some of the uh the medieval uh inquisitorial records things like just uh producing a um a little wax figurine of uh, of you, you know your neighbor who you were angry at and and uh, suspending it over your hearth fire to to slowly torture them to death um <laughs> all right uh, seems mean <laughs> yeah uh but j just just things as as simple as that really right right interesting i want to put brian do you have any are there any byways we want to go? I feel like we can go in a million I, directions I, from here. I'm truly feel, I mean, I'm fascinated by all of this, but I am along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, me too. I mean, this is, this is such a privilege, man, to be able to kind of do a deep dive into, into some of the scholarship with you. Um, I guess I have to ask if it's not too vulgar and if it's appropriate. Um, one thing we do like to ask each other all the time and ask our guests <laughs> is like check in on kind of, where you are at with this stuff in terms of your own level of belief. I know there are scholars who, who study this stuff who are like, Oh, of course it's just, you know, the, the people from the past misinterpreting things and other people who are straight up practitioners. And obviously Alexander F on, on glitch bottle has a lot of people on who are practitioners. Um, do, do you dabble in any of this stuff? What do you, what's your, what's your kind of take on it? Uh, you know, I, I do. Um, yeah. I, uh, have never uh really had i i guess the need to uh attempt any of the really uh you know elaborate uh conjurations that kind of mm -hmm. thing uh but i i've actually um uh gotten more use out of the uh the uh astrological talismans and that kind of thing uh hmm. i've uh uh you know um i've uh, 
just uh, just through cross referencing uh, things like uh, the pick uh, the Picatrix, which is a, uh, a translation of uh, what you might call an Arabic, probably the closest thing to an Arabic grimoire that mm -hmm. has uh, come down to us uh, in the uh, in the West. Um, uh, just just for things like you know business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, you I, got us, so it's got to work. <laughs> Maybe not at all. <laughs> well, you know what I what I like to say is I I, I was able to uh, start a successful business during yeah. a pandemic lockdown. So something go. must be working. There totally. you go. Um, you mentioned astrological talismans. Yeah. Uh, what what are the details of those, and like how how have you found those effective, or how might someone find those effective? Sure. It's basically it's uh, it's producing a um an an image uh which could be you know uh, uh m many of the original texts you know prescribe um uh inscribing or or casting uh an image in uh some type of precious metal that is uh that in some way corresponds to the the planet or uh astrological sign that the uh the influence of which you are trying to uh, invoke. Uh, I, t I typically draw them on paper cards uh, uh, using a, an appropriate color if I'm able to. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, I, it's, it's, uh, honestly, it's, it's very off the cuff uh, when I do it. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, producing a, um, a, a, a resonant image uh, that uh, evokes the uh, the influence of the the planet that uh, you are working with um, uh, during a um, an, an appropriate uh, during appropriate astrological circumstances, basically when the uh, the 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 planet you're working with is uh, it. It, it's without trying to get into too much of the terminology <laughs> when it is uh in a beneficial aspect with other planets and in a sign that where it, it's happy <laughs> more okay. or less okay and Got when it. you say beneficial aspect does that just mean in a specific position like a specific uh yeah um and, and all of this is uh, is is looking at the planets um from the, the perspective of, of planet earth looking out. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it's not, not so much where they actually are in the sky, right. but where they look like they are sure. from our perspective, uh -huh. which is how astrology has, has been done since, you know, prehistory. Um, Makes sense. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Just looking at um, make, making sure that uh Nothing is uh, it, nothing is uh, interfering with or or negative negatively um, impacting the uh, celestial uh, influence that you're trying to uh, connect with. Got it. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I feel like we're we're always looking for. Uh, Brian is on a quest to to summon a demon. 
someday um, someday I, baby <laughs> which i am terrified to participate in uh but i think we're always looking for for smaller not i shouldn't say smaller but just ways to begin to experiment with some of this stuff that are maybe more manageable for um for beginners yeah and, and I, I think it's meant to build up to the most irresponsible level <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i think the uh the uh astrological uh methods are uh much more accessible to to most people. They don't require all of the uh, the paraphernalia. Although they they, they do uh, have uh, uh, probably a greater investment in um, in well, uh, I guess not so much a time investment, but an investment in um, learning how to to uh, calculate the uh, the appropriate time to perform them <laughs> sure sure that makes sense yeah one thing that was really interesting to me in starting to learn about all this stuff is 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 the extent to which time and the calendar is so that there are specific days and specific hours within the day within with which to say certain entities like hold an office or have domain or things like that which was so precise and 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 um I had no idea about about all of that. That's that's really interesting. I don't know if you can comment at all about the sort of like temporal or chronological aspect to a lot of this work. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's difficult to say, you know, with with certainty where where yeah. that comes from. But uh, I think it's it's a lot of it can probably be traced back to uh, some of the uh, Egyptian. Uh, practices mm -hmm. where the uh, the what are called decans they're basically ten degree uh, divisions of the the zodiac circle uh -huh. uh, were were assigned um, different uh, spirits that uh, uh -huh. they uh, that ruled ruled over them ruled during their uh, their ascent uh, across the the horizon line um but at the same time, uh, even going back to uh, ancient Mesopotamia, we know that uh, many of the, you know, gods, spirits were were di directly identified with different celestial bodies. Uh, so it's 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 certainly not a uh, a new idea <laughs> that uh, that what what is going on in the sky uh, has a a more or less direct uh, influence on. Uh, what kind of spirits you can get a hold of at a given time. Interesting. Um, if it's cool to switch gears for a minute, I did reach out on Discord and see if anybody has any questions. Oh, for sure. Uh, Brian, does that sound all right? Yeah, sure. I, I think I think some of these are pretty interesting. Um, David asks, uh, what are the most common spells? But I think we covered that a little earlier with like sex, money, power. <laughs> yeah. Sound right? Yeah. Um, uh, we have also from David, uh, how complex are the rituals like usually? Do they like average out to a certain level of complexity? I mean, uh, as far as the uh, the kinds of conjuration rituals, what you find in, in the uh, Latin Western uh, grimoires, um, they, they tend to follow kind of a, uh, I mean, th there are always variations, but there's kind of a... Um, a basic format that they they uh, follow, where there's usually an initial period of some kind of personal cleansing or pur or purification, which 
can be anywhere from like three days to a month of, and it, it, it could be fasting. It, it might just be, you know, don't have sex during this, this time. Easy uh, done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, especially if you're a monk. Um, yeah. But uh, the, like I say, they, they, they all, they all differ. Um, but. Whitney uh, Howe just said light a candle. Uh -oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, period of pur purification. Um, typically, uh, they start the 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 ritual itself will start out w by invoking, uh, you know, God, the angels, to kind of uh, grant authority and and power to the uh, the operator um, over whatever kind of you know spirits. Typically characterized as demons that they're going to be trying to uh, influence. Uh, paradoxically, after that, uh, the, uh, the magician will, will often um, go about uh, calling in some of the more powerful demons that, are, uh, that have authority over the, the lower demons that will actually be, be doing the, uh, the job that they want done. Uh, and so it, it's, it's basically w working your way down through this, uh, this chain of command, uh, until you, uh, you get, uh, to the, uh, the, the, the peon demons that, that, uh, you are, are going to be trying to boss around. Got it. So it's reverse AT&T customer service. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, kind of, honestly, um, it is. I mean, what's so interesting about it is like we we think of this stuff, especially working with grimoires as like pure black magic kind of satanic stuff. But if you're a magician working in this tradition, you're actually invoking the authority first of God and the angels and a very Christian kind of like celestial. That's your kind of stamp of authority. Is that more or less right? That's how a lot of these rituals yeah, work. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, the, the it's I mean, uh it's it's by virtue of being a a you know quote unquote good Christian that this magic uh, even works uh, mm -hmm. as far as far as the uh, the the people who wrote it were were concerned. Um, yeah, the the the, the idea of the uh, the demo, the uh, you know pact uh, with a or or selling your your soul uh, to a demon is very much a um, a uh, I, I don't want to say it was never done uh, because th there is evidence that it was done. But uh, um, as far as a, uh, a, uh, uh, a common practice uh, is it, 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 very much just a, um, what do you want to call, um, you know, uh, a, a slander by, um, mm -hmm. Got it. by the, the authorities. <laughs> But, that makes um, sense. You still yeah. see a lot of that yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is there? I don't want to cut off the Discord. What's? That? Oh, is yeah. I, I have one more. I have one more good one from the Discord. Uh, this is from Scott. Are there any suspicious, suspiciously specific spells, like spell to keep Glenn's chickens in his own damn yard? Uh. Well, I mean, not so much in in the the later grimoires, but um, in in. Go, going back to antiquity, uh, like 
there have been archaeologically recovered, you know, curse tablets and uh, invocation sure. bowls that that absolutely do name specific people <laughs> that they're trying That's to curse. <laughs> Imagine we know, you know, all evidence of these people have been relate have been, you know, erased to time. We have no knowledge of who they could be, except that one guy hated his fucking guts. Yeah. <laughs> And that's all that exists now. I feel like there is some pretty petty shit that has been preserved <laughs> in in time. Yeah. Um. What uh curses? I think are fascinating. Are there any yeah. surprising curses that uh you've ever come across? Um. Or are they usually the bog standard pain, death, dismemberment, <laughs> misfortune? Yeah. I mean, it. It often it's not clear or not explicit at least exactly what um what is meant to happen to a person mm. but uh you know you know stick sticking pins in a little wax effigy of them uh they're not going to have a good time mm. <laughs> yeah 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 it, that'll... yeah it it, does, it it basically does just seem to be a matter of uh inducing some some kind of physical pain until uh until they either uh it, it well it, it's 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 funny because you find that the same kind of of methodology in a lot of the you know quote unquote love spells mm -hmm. where you're you're basically <laughs> torturing someone until they come to you and submit to you oh right. cool right. yeah <laughs> Yeah, Brian and I have had a lot of discussions about like the the ethical dimension of a lot of this stuff. That is not what oh, a Teen Vogue article said happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I absolutely do not recommend actually performing most of these things. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, but that guarantees I'm going to do maybe not the love spells; those are creepy. But uh, oh, I'm going to do something bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, well, on that, on that, so, so where we are kind of as a, as a duo, right. Is like uh, my, my position on this to tip my own hand is like, I feel like where there's, where there's smoke, there's definitely a little fire where there's like, there's a little bit of baby in this bathwater. Like, I think <laughs> there is, there is a truth to some of this stuff. And, and if people all over the world are, have these very elaborate methods of communicating with and interacting with entities that or non-physical maybe there's a chance that it's like they, there is an independent existence to those things and there is some some truth to that um and as so, and and it's sort of like a pascal's wager thing where i'm like i don't know if it's true or not but if it is true maybe you could get into a lot of trouble if you if you futz with it in the wrong way where i think of brian i don't know how to characterize your position as I like chaotic neutral if i go <laughs> if i go too hard and suffer consequences at least then i will know <laughs> yeah i will know definitively i'll regret it yeah yeah but i will know yeah so i'm a little i'm a little i'm very intensely curious and fascinated by but also a little like wary of this stuff where i think brian is a little more courageous than me and willing to charge right in do you think in your own experiences are there dangers to these sorts of practices potentially? I know people who would absolutely tell you there are and, and would claim to have experienced those, those consequences themselves. Mm. I per personally have not because again, I don't really screw with the demons that much. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just write about them. Sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
so yeah that that's kind of my perspective i uh i i i, I guess i i i've i've never had the need to take that risk um yeah, yeah. that makes sense that's <laughs> that's kind of how I I feel like it's it's the ROI might not be there for for me <laughs> in my current situation. Yeah, you know, if if you know, if I was in, you know, a life and death uh situation or, you know, someone I really cared about was I I very well uh might take that shot. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like you certainly you're certainly well equipped to to do it if you want. I mean, just having studied and translated these texts or like, I feel like, you know how, what you would do. Yeah. I, I, I know, I know, I know who to call. Yeah. <laughs> I have a unrelated question, but one that I am interested in, um, in a lot of subcultures, there are, you know, you, you look at tabletop role-playing games, for example. Um, and there seems to be this cool, like uh subculture that is all interested in this thing. And there are a lot of dramas once you peel back the curtain. Also, duck hunting. There's a lot of drama over, like, the stamp. The, what duck goes on a stamp. Tons of drama. John Oliver did a piece on it. Okay. Are there any dramas in the magical spell and grimoire community? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. I, you know, I, I don't, I try not to get involved in it and I'm certainly not going to name anyone's names, Of course, but yes, <laughs> it, it is everything you would imagine. Yes. Can, can you give a, can you give a slight, can you give like a 40,000 foot overview of some of the, the factions at play or you without? I, it, it's very, it's very much more a, a personal thing. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. This guy doesn't like that guy. The, yeah. Yeah, are, are people like slinging curses and spells at each other? Is it <laughs> that level? This does seem like just... a dangerous community yeah, I was for gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, again, <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I, can't, I can't say for certain, but very, very probably. Amazing. Amazing. Oh God. I feel like we're gonna get hexed like eighty different ways when this episode. Oh drops. please, we already have, yeah, dude. True. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> But also, it meant people were listening. Yeah, fair. <laughs> also true. Three stars. We we asked Brian. We have a policy on the show. We ask for just when people listen, just give us a working man's three stars. We don't need five. Don't need five. Just three. it's reasonable. This is you a know. three star podcast. We know it. You know it. Everyone knows it. That's right. Um, very. That's fucking funny. That's really wild. It makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. I buy it. It makes sense. Um. <clears throat> So I know you mentioned uh, you are not messing with this stuff that much yourself. You're just the translator. Hey, man, this is what it says. Do you know of any best practices or uh, maybe a what not to do if things get dangerous? Like, is there a way to prevent things from getting dangerous if they were inclined to? I mean, I... I'm going to write it down and do the opposite. <laughs> I guess my best advice would be to follow the instructions as closely to the way they're presented as possible. Because if someone took the trouble to write this stuff down, mm. it probably worked for them. Um, so that would be my advice. That makes it, sense. It, it is more likely that they that they would have taken the trouble to record it if 
they or someone they knew made it work. Right. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That's really interesting. Note it. So don't follow the instructions <laughs> and do your own thing and hope for the best. Ugh, Got it. This is going to end so badly. It already <laughs> has, brother. <laughs> do if you, you're lucky. So, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. I was just going to say, and if you're lucky, nothing will happen. <laughs> right. Well, what I mean, what fascinates, really what, I'm what fascinates me about this is like listening to especially I mean, I've, I feel like Doctor. I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes of Doc, Dr. Stephen Skinner on Glitch Bottle. But he's just, you know, he's a very intelligent, accomplished guy and and quite lucid and rational. And it's just like, yes, if you follow these rituals, like you will see a thing like a thing will materialize in front of you if you do it correctly. And he's like, I've seen it myself, uh, which is just a mind blowing idea. I don't know. Have you have you encountered or in, in your studies and scholarship and just working with the people you've worked with? Have you encountered anything strange or out of the ordinary that sort of changed your worldview that you're willing to willing to discuss? Uh, you know, you know, it, it personally in my own, you know, phenomenological, uh, experience, I, I can't say that I've, you know, I, I, I've never seen a, a visible manifestation, uh, or that kind of thing. Uh, but again, um, I, I, my, the, my same refrain, I'm not really doing that kind of magic. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, you know. Uh, another part of it is is simply, uh, I I don't cur- my, my 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 present living circumstances don't really facilitate um, having uh, my own personal uh, ritual space right. to work in. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. But um, I, I I I've certainly um, had uh you know little serendipities um and and weird coincidences in in my my research uh process mm. that uh that it, it really is kind of hard to just chalk up to chance like sure uh you know fi- finding a, a a new uh finding a reference or a source that that directly pertains to something I'm working on it, but finding it in a place that, you know, it has no business being. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I like to think that I, if nothing else, I like to think that the, the people whose books I'm, I'm translating uh, might be giving me a little nudge uh, to, uh, to get their, their mm. work back in the public domain. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, even in the in that in the work, were you an editor or translator on the on the Testament of Solomon that book? Uh, both. Yes, I I I, uh, I translated a well, well, I translated one version of it, and then uh, you know put together a little introductory uh, essay, kind of trying to explain it. <laughs> And that's and that's more or less the account of a of a gentleman in the in the eighties, right? Like going through the Lesser Key of Solomon and his work. Am I am I confusing the? Oh, are, are you are you talking about um, Steve Savado's? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, okay, yes. His 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 uh, forthcoming uh, volume. Uh, it, that 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 actually includes a a different uh, version of the the Testament of Solomon. Got it. Got it. That. Got it, got it. Um, 
uh, yes, uh, along with uh, uh, a, a record of his his personal practice in the uh, in the eighties. Yes, yes. I, I yeah I was the I was uh, I I did some of the uh, just a little bit of the the kind of cleanup uh, editing proofreading uh, for the uh, the reissue of that coming out from from Haiti and Press. Oh, very got, it, got it. Got it. Um, if someone were to listen to this show, find this whole uh, just rabbit hole fascinating, and maybe wanted to explore down the paths you've explored. Uh, Brian, what would you recommend as like first steps of like for a complete mm. novice, maybe delving deeper into this world? Uh, there are a lot of uh, in, in the past, you know, 20, 25 years or so, there have been a lot of good uh, scholarly treatments of uh, of this kind of material. Um there's uh, there's a whole series of books from uh, Penn State University Press. Uh, it's called the the Magic and History series. Um, uh, they've uh, it, it includes uh, several um, printed uh, translations or uh, editions of original texts uh, that that people uh, might want to look into. Um, uh, as far as uh, if you know people want to look into doing their own uh, translations of original yeah. material, um, uh, I, again, I would say I would say start with some of these uh, you know uh, scholarly uh, texts, um, uh, books, uh, other publications. Uh, see what uh, what. Man, see what manuscripts are being uh, cited in their footnotes, and um, you know, lo look them up. See mm. see if there's been any work done on them. Uh, if they, uh, if not, uh, what what library they're held at? If it's been digitized, uh, and uh, just uh, it's just kind of a matter of going from there and and, and seeing seeing what hasn't been worked on yet, and um, and what's available. Fascinating. Yeah, super interesting. Brian, if so, and if someone if someone is just discovering you, I know you, I mean, your bibliography is wild. You've had so many projects and worked on so many books. Um, what is your I know you I know we were talking a little bit on Twitter. I don't know if you can talk about it. I know you have a project coming out uh in a little bit, and you and your most recent um what was your most recent book? Uh the most recent one published was uh the, the title is uh Necromancy in the Medici Library. Uh yeah. which is, which is a uh an uh an edition of the original Latin text with uh an English translation of a um of portions of a uh, of of a manuscript from the um Biblioteca Medicae Lorenziana in in Florence, Italy, which hmm. um, was as as best I can tell from uh, the uh, uh, from historical uh, records, uh, was in the possession of the the Medici family. Wow! 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 Fascinating. <laughs> um. So necromancy, huh? Just like straight up necromancy. Uh. Yeah. I mean. 
in in both both senses of the word uh as, as it was used in the um you know medieval and early modern period so um there's the the, the literal sense of actual you know evoking ghosts to uh talk to them uh and then there's um the uh, the the much the much broader sense of just um black magic in general which yeah. which is kind of the the uh the sense it was it was more frequently used uh in the the early modern period um as kind of just a um a, a shorthand uh de derived from the the original sense Got ma it. mainly due to the fact that uh in the uh in in the the Christian worldview, people shouldn't really be able to talk to souls of the deceased. So if you mm. if you thought you were doing so, it must really be a demon. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Got it. Got it. Got it. So sort of a little bit of a of a I guess historical aside or tangent, but how common? You mentioned that this that this manuscript was most likely within the Medici Library. Like how common? was both the practice of this sort of thing and who was doing it. Like you were saying, like it was fairly common in monasteries and monks were often practicing black magic inside of monasteries, which is wild. Like how the Medici's had, had theoretically stuff in their, in their library. How widespread was this, was this material and the practice of it and who was doing it? Um, well, as far as who was doing it, um, people who could read, which, at, <laughs> which at the time was largely going to be the clergy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard. I actually heard a fascinating anecdote. I don't know if this is accurate. Maybe you could confirm or deny it. That it was that lawyers, especially, were often involved in in like black magic and evocation. Also, because so much of the um, the language in like demonic evocation is kind of contractual. Also, huh you're like kind of crafting an agreement with them and binding them in a very specific way. I don't know if that's accurate though. I mean, the, as far as a description of, of what the, uh, the, the operations are like that, that is true. I, I'm trying to think, I don't know that I've come across any, any evidence of actual, uh, practice by, um, by jurists who, who uh -huh. weren't also in the clergy. Got it. Got it. Got it. But um, I, I, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't uh, dismiss it. Um, uh, but I, you know, I, again, at, at the uh, in the you know medieval and um, you know Renaissance period, I think many of the uh, people who who were practicing law. Uh, most likely were um would have been uh you know in in the lower clergy mm. uh you know people who who they uh they w wouldn't have been uh you know a celibate monk but um probably had taken you know some sort of uh a vow at some point just it really in the in the course of their their education um got it interesting Interesting. So you were, so back to the, the original point you were saying, so this is mostly practiced by, by folks who, who had some sort of level of literacy, including, including monks and, um, 
God, that's cr- That's just that's really wild to think of like black magic happening inside of medieval <laughs> monasteries across across Europe. Sure, and uh, as far as to how how common this actually was, it's it's really hard to say. All we ha- all we have to go on are you know the relatively few uh, surviving texts and um, uh, things like like trial records where where mm-hmm. that, that that often mention the uh the people the accused being found uh to be in possession of these kinds of texts which were you know most likely subsequently burned um but uh i i think it, it's safe to say that it, it was not uncommon uh certainly just just uh given the 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 number of these uh otherwise you know proscribed and often destroyed texts that 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 have come down to us that's fascinating very interesting i feel like there's a million uh a million questions we could ask i don't know brian do you have do you have any other i i feel pretty covered yeah 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 I would, uh, Brian. I hope you come back sometime because we will definitely think of a million more questions. Um, yeah, this is this is fascinating. Is there anything? Again, I know I know you're working on a lot of stuff. Is there anything anything coming out that you want to preview or or promo or any any place we should we should direct people? I uh, I do have a couple uh, very different projects currently in the works. Um, I I I, I don't want to want to say too much one of these is is uh something i'm working on with a, a colleague of mine mm-hmm. um i i can i can tell you uh in, in broad terms what it is it's sure. um uh it, it'll be a uh it'll be centered around a uh translation of a approximately 17th 18th century uh faustian german uh grimoire all right awesome uh and uh the uh the the other thing i i've uh i have coming is um uh a translation of some uh excerpts from a uh, a text uh from uh, uh it, it's a, a 14th century uh catalan uh latin uh a, a, a 14th century Latin text uh, from Catalonia uh, that, that it uh, the, the title is the uh, the Summa Sacrae Magicae or the the Summa of Sacred Magic, uh, which is this gargantuan kind of systematic treatise of uh, kind of Christianized, magic uh put together by a uh a scholar named uh berengar ganel uh in uh in the 14th century and uh i've i've basically uh i've translated uh one little uh part of this that i i found particularly interesting dealing with some uh invocations of planetary spirits which I, I think um, shows a, a very strong uh, influence from some of the Arabic material that was mm. coming into the uh, the Iberian Peninsula around that time. 
Oh, that's Very fascinating. Neat. Yeah. When are, cool. when are those coming out? Do we know? Uh, I I do not have a, uh, a precise date for either one of those, uh, but uh, I I think it would be safe to say uh, within the coming year. Hell yeah! They, they cool. should be uh, those should be appearing. <laughs> nice. Well, we'd love when the, when those do drop. We'd love to have you back on to talk about them if 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 you'd be open to that. I, I'd certainly be happy to. That'd be great. And uh, just for folks who are wondering who might want to work with you, like what are what are some of the professional services you offer, and 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 how can people find you and, and get in touch? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, you know mainly a, a freelance uh, copy editor, proofreader. Um, my 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 website is just um, bjohnsonfreelance.com. Um, I'm also you can also find me on Twitter uh, at joe uh, joe bry it's it's just my my first part of my last name juxtaposed with the first part of my first name mm-hmm. j-o-h-b-r-i we'll have a link um, in the description too to all that. yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah anyone uh if you if you need someone to uh help make sure that your your prose is as uh clear and readable as possible uh i would be happy to help with that hell yeah incredible brian thank you so so much this was fascinating yeah i feel about 30 times smarter than when we started this (laughs) this interview i'm 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 always uh happy to talk about my work i'm glad when people find it interesting nice well thank you so much man we'll uh we'll be in touch we'll talk soon yeah thank you for having me I feel a hundred times smarter. That's pretty crazy, man. That's so fucking crazy. Yeah, that's very, really, really interesting stuff. Uh, thank you again to Brian for for being so kind and patient and and really walking us through a, a complex topic. It's and, it's extremely complex and it's extremely interesting and like there's so many facets to it and I feel like we barely scratched the surface yeah, of it. Um, but we'll uh, we'll of course put uh, all the links to uh, where you can find Brian, where you can buy his uh, book. Yep. Um, yeah, support Brian. Check check out his books. Check out his other projects. And also, if you are looking for a researcher, an editor, uh, a writer, you're looking you're looking to do some stuff in the tabletop space. Hit Brian up. We'll link to his website. He does amazing work. Uh, great guy to work with. So so definitely check that out. Also, just a nice dude. Yeah, wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. Um, anything anything else we got to go over? Or are we gonna get out of here? I think let's get out of here, man. All right, hell yeah. Uh, that's gonna wrap up this broadcast for this evening. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up at spookybriananderic at gmail.com or on Twitter at Brian and Eric Pod. You can check out our blog at briananderic.show. I guess I guess that's everything for both of us here. Brian and Eric don't belong here. Thanks for listening, and stay safe out there. Good night, everybody.